Welcome back to a Meathead Hippie podcast. I am your host, Emily Schramm, nutritional therapy practitioner, entrepreneur, trainer, coach, proud new owner of a brand new website, www.emilyschramm.com. It took a long time. It was stressful. September was hard. (laughs) The main reason being this website, but it is up and to celebrate We are doing 50% off all strength programs. I have strength programs for at home called Busy Bee. They use dumbbells and impacts. That's it. I have a program called Burn, which is about cardio and building muscle. So a beautiful combination of hypertrophy and getting your butt kicked. I have Build, which I love. This is for my people with adrenal issues, thyroid issues. They just want to get strong issues. This is cutting cardio and seeing incredible results because you're building muscle. And it's just amazing. It's everything I've been posting about on my Instagram about basically September. I lost five pounds of muscle. I gained body fat. And even though my overall weight dropped, uh my body was desperate for (laughs) some build. So I'm back on the build train. And then I also have two accessory programs called ass and abs and arms and abs, both that are perfect. If you already work out, whether it's CrossFit or uh, orange theory or spin, I am obsessed with specifically ass and abs because it really is to protect your body. It's about pulling more. So it's a lot about posterior chain development, hamstrings, glutes. It's three times a week, so it's easy to add in. Everything is 50% off. So just go to emilyshom.com and the code is new, new 50. And I also have a brand new MFIT challenge. So I'm sending an email out in just a second. Check your email from me. Go to the website, emilyshom.com. The new challenge is this cool new concept that I'm just like, it, it needs to exist. It's, it's called Just the Facts, and it's 21 Just the Facts on all the things that I talk about. No matter your level, you're going to learn something. You can get really nerdy and go full on with my version one MFIT challenge, but Just the Facts is ready. Okay, today's podcast, you guys are going to love it. It's two of my favorite people, Gary and Wade from Pathway Welcome back to another Meathead Hippie podcast. This is our first podcast filming at House of Pod. And I have two incredible people that I love and get to work with on the, on the daily, Gary Husel and Wade Kilgore. Welcome to the show. What's up? What's up? <laughs> All right, we'll start with Wade. Um, say a little hello so they get to know your voice. So this you is a little hello. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, what do you think of this podcast studio? We've ne- we've filmed a couple podcasts, but this is this is varsity. Yeah, we've recorded in like a Holiday Inn, <laughs> yeah. like in your kitchen, kitchen table. I mean, this is by far some next level I stuff. So, I feel so Joe Rogan. Uh, Gary, how are you? You guys just started a podcast. Yes, we just started a podcast, uh, but it feels really. This feels like the professional level right here. I mean, we've got the TV and everything, soundproof room. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, you guys just started a podcast called The Gains Train. 
I know. I was like, Gary, you're not even going to say the name of the podcast, <laughs> oh, bro. Was <laughs> that my cue? Whoops. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Here you go on a platter, sir. <laughs> a little softball pitch. My bad. <laughs> Gains Train Podcast. You want to give yeah. me the lowdown on this? Yeah, we talk about everything from health and fitness to just what's going on in our lives and also just joking around, just having a good time, just kind of discussing. We uh, just drink on uh, some whiskey each time, too. Well, not so. this next time because we just no. get sober October. We're going to sip on some teas. Yeah. That's on some teas. Sipping on herbs. Maybe some tummy tonic. I know I need some of that. Uh, <laughs> really fast, some quick announcements before we go too down the rabbit hole. Uh, Sipping on Herbs is a campaign we just launched, so one cup of coffee a day. I've been trying to convince these boys to be in. Thoughts? <laughs> uh, I mean, she just, like, dropped this on us, okay? So it's not yeah. like... And, I mean, co- I feel like it's your fault I'm addicted to coffee in the first place. Excuse I me? never <laughs> drank coffee till I moved to Colorado. Yeah. And then... We- <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, and then you're always like, oh, let's go to this coffee shop. And then we I try the coffee. Some coffee shops. I actually learned, okay, this is a cool fact. So you know how I'm getting into human design? There's this new personality test that I just did a podcast on called Human Design. It is confusing as shit. You go through, there's a chart. You have nine centers. Each one is either defined or undefined. So open or closed. Long story, there's like a million things you can learn about this. But what I did learn was that I have um, this weird four-way split where in order for me to feel my most self, I have to be around an environment like a coffee shop. Isn't that crazy? The test told you that? The test told me that. That you need to be around a coffee shop. Like coffee shops help me kind of feel centered because there's activity and people can help fill kind of this. It was bizarre. I know it's a little complicated. There's a podcast on it if you guys want to listen. But I was like, that's, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to fulfill myself. (laughs) (laughs) Did you drink lots of teas in Japan? I drank a lot of tea in Japan. The best part about Japan was that they live off of vending machines. And these vending machines are legit. You know, you think of vending machines with like shitty food. These are 50 cents to $1.50 of, they had the nicest wines, they had sake, they had delicious unsweetened green teas that like we don't even know exist in America. Green tea in America actually makes me puke. If it's from the United States, I, I get nauseous and I puke. Isn't that crazy? It's pretty bizarre. I would want to know, like, is it the process of growing it, or is it, like, what they're using? Maybe, like, the soil or the pesticides or something? Well, I guarantee they don't grow it here, probably, if it's cheaper. So it's the process, I think, of the chemicals, maybe, if it's not organic. I don't know, but I've even had organic green tea, and it makes me puke. I've been like that since I worked at Starbucks. It's so weird, and I do that with black tea, Ceylon tea and green tea. But in Japan, I don't get nauseous, so it's amazing because I can drink all the green tea. How was Japan other than the tea? The tea was good. The tea was good. Japan was good. Japan was Japan's the coolest. It's the you've been there. We've been there a few years ago. It's just the coolest. There's like so much that we can learn from Japan and from the Japanese. And I'm really crazy. It was kind of cool because we got to go um, on the last day where the 1964 Olympics were. And it was the first Olympics 
that they didn't have to take the tapes one by one and fly them over back to America to play on TV for people to watch. It was the first time they had a broadcast. That's what they used to do before 1964. They would film an event, get on a plane, take the tape to the station, and play the, play the tape on the station. What? Oh, yeah. That's how so what was like, it wasn't even close to like real time when the events were happening. No, before 1964. 1964 was the first time they were able to broadcast it. And I, I was right there next to the track. It was kind of cool. That's pretty cool. A little piece of history for you. Just a little nugget there. I really love the Olympics. I'm quite the fan. But Japan was good. Uh, If you can't tell by my swollen ass eyes, the jet lag is very real. It's real life? It's real life. What's the uh, time difference there? The time difference is 16 hours. Look at this rook. (laughs) Rook. (laughs) Who's calling me from Chicago? I don't even know people in Chicago. (laughs) Uh, 16 hours? Or 14 hours? 16. 16 hours? Ahead. So So it's it's technically like Thursday at midnight right now. Yikes. Yeah. I could see why that would throw you off just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. It's going to be challenging to do the one cup of coffee, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, you're going to try all these jet lag hacks today. You're going to float tank. Yeah. Maybe an IV. Maybe an IV. Maybe a B12 shot. Maybe a podcast. Maybe Wait. A podcast. Already uh, doing it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I am stoked to talk about. Well, you guys know Wade. Most of you know Wade from some former episodes. I am really, <laughs> I'm really excited to talk to Gary, who we met at Colorado Athletic Club, and you were a trainer, and I was being a creeper, a lurker, looking for some trainers. And you guys, you and George just totally stood out. And I remember being like, how do I convince them to come work for me and work at the gym? Because they would be incredible coaches. And you guys did. You guys totally trusted me. And now you're a coach at the gym at Platform Strength. And you also are starting your own business. And there's a lot of people that listen that have just started their business in health and wellness. So I thought it would be good kind of continuing the process that we have done the last few episodes the process of starting your own business and doing your own thing and kind of how terrifying it can be sometimes, <laughs> but also how rewarding it can be sometimes. So um, I'm just going to jump in, Gary. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. So why did you, you've always been an athlete, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> good or just like people? No, Define athlete. Yeah. Gary. Yeah. I started my athletic career at like six years old with football. You're just like, Damn, you played football at six? Yeah, dude, you gotta start early, man. In Down Georgia? South. Hell yeah. Like pads and everything? Yeah, absolutely. Oh well, that's sad. Full contact. Is that still allowed, you think? Uh, I don't think it's allowed to extend. I mean, like, I think I was right at the cutoff for like a lot of things. Like, I know they don't, I think they don't hit as much at younger ages. Yeah. Now they don't even do two a days in high school and stuff like that because of all this bad stuff that's been going on. Like, they're starting to regulate it a lot more, but I was kind of like on the tail end of all. The the golden age, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it's true. I mean, I just I just watched uh, Sunday Monday Night Football. You guys know me in sports, but the guy that got suspended, he got hit. He did like three times in a row head dive to head dive, 
like head-to-head contact. Did you guys see that? Oh, no, oh, I didn't, I didn't watch it. He just got suspended for the rest of the season. So it's this huge, because they're, they're cracking down on these head injuries. Yeah. Yeah. That are. was almost like the goal sometimes in high school was just that head-to-head contact. Like how hard can you? I know, because that's what you're taught. You're trying to get people down. I'm glad it's changing, but I can imagine how different it is for people that have watched football or played football. It's a it's like it's changing the game. It's just a different game, and it's probably hard to watch it if you're used to the old way. But like CTE is real, so okay. yeah, I feel like it's I feel like it's a very very good thing it's for sure. Really yeah, good thing. for sure. Yeah. Okay, so you're a football player. I was I was mostly a lacrosse player. Played from sixth oh, grade yeah. to senior year and a little bit in college, but I didn't want to pursue that as a collegiate career. And then um, you decided to become a trainer. At what point? I decided to become a trainer my junior year of college. I was working full-time in my dad's warehouse, and I was a student, and I would commute like an hour and a half each way every day between all that and like between school, working out, and uh, working, I would just be dead and I had no social life. So I was like, well, let's just combine the two. Let's work and work out. So (laughs) paid the $1,000, got my CrossFit certification, and then just printed out a list of gyms in the Atlanta area and just went gym to gym to gym. Like, can I have a job? (laughs) And one of them finally gave it to me, so it was pretty cool. (laughs) I love it. What do you think, you know, kind of moving, both of us had the same talk of, like, this realization of leaving CrossFit. Was there a point where you were like, my body hurts and this is tough? Or did it just slowly transition out of it once you learn more about the body? Um, so kind of that process for me was uh, my senior year when I graduated, I was in like the best shape of my life. I was gearing up. I was going to start looking for teams to compete with at regional stuff like that. Um, and then I ended up getting a desk job. And long story short, basically, like I was, I was trying to train like I usually did, but I didn't have the time for recovery or the prep and stuff like that. And it destroyed my body. And I got to the point where I was seeing like a physical therapist, massage therapist, chiropractor, back specialist. Uh, They wanted to do surgery on my knee because my knee was super unstable. And like just being in the gym was not fun anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it it just felt like like I lost the passion for it. And it just felt like something I just wanted to prove to myself as opposed to something that I just enjoy. And I kind of... um, during that time, I started to see, like, you know, in the early days of CrossFit, I really appreciated and agreed with uh, the philosophy, like virtuosity, all this stuff uh, in the early CrossFit articles and stuff like that. Um, and as I looked around, I just kind of saw that CrossFit as a whole was kind of moving from that. Yeah. Um, and it was, like, taking, you know, just general population, ordinary people, and putting them in an environment that, you know, requires a high level of skill requires a certain level of strength. I mean, if you can't do regular pull-ups, you should not be doing butterfly pull-ups or caping pull-ups, all this stuff. So I just kind of didn't really agree with the philosophy or rather the execution of the philosophy. Mm. Uh, And then that's when I started getting into strength training, like when I came out here. The CrossFit Journal in the old days, that was money. They had a lot of great content and uh, so educational, like any type of education that's just teaching people functional movement makes sense but I totally agree well the thing is like when he first started he grabbed some of the top minds from all the different fields whether it's strength training he had Mark Ripto um, for gymnastics he had uh, Chris Somers and he had like all these people and um, if you talk to anyone who's a high level in one specific field 
you know, like the first thing they always do is make you master the basics, mm-hmm. um, which in the beginning I think is what he was trying to go for. But then when you turn something that big, when it has to reach such a large audience, you have to cut some of that fat in order to be able to market it to your everyday person. Like you're not going to get your everyday person to spend, you know, let's say like five hours a week working on Olympic lifting technique just so they can do a workout. Right. Yeah. So, and I think that's why a lot of them kind of don't associate with him anymore. Like some of those top level guys just kind of did their own thing just cause like, all right, well, if you're not going to follow the proper steps, then I'm not going to. Yeah, it was definitely, it had its place, but I have some issues with I, it, the founder, Greg Glassman, was who you're referring to. He's just an interesting man. Inter- if you guys are curious, watch it in his 60-minute episode. Oh, I heard about I haven't seen, <laughs> I've heard about that interview, though. I love it. Uh, so, Wade, what are your thoughts? I'm glad you're not saying very much. <laughs> you don't oh, I was like never into it too much. I may I put you through some workouts, but and I'm not. Yeah. Too, we're not here to shit talk CrossFit, but there is definitely not enough recovery time for the yeah. to even get five workouts a week with CrossFit. It's just too much. So I do always tell people though. I at the end of the day, I do agree that it's done more good than bad though. Yeah. In my opinion, I think it's it's brought a lot of niche uh, exercising, you know, markets to the forefront. Olympic weightlifting, you never saw anyone with rings. True. And these are all great things, and I think that's awesome. Uh, yeah. It's just, again, just goes back to the execution of their original philosophy that I just kind of disagree with. That is, uh, there was a question of the day that we asked. <laughs> I can't wait to ask you this. So we ask a question of the day before every class, and... Yesterday was the original question was what question annoys you the most? Genius question. Who came up with that, dude? (laughs) I did, bro. And I I think I know Wade's answer to this, but Oh, you do? Yeah, what is your what is your question that annoys you? Oh wait, what do you think it is? It's if our gym is a CrossFit gym. Oh my gosh, that (laughs) is the most annoying. That is so true. And then also like People ask that, and I'm like, we're a strength-based gym, which is exactly what we are. Um, and then some people will be, <clears throat> like, interject, and they're like, well, I mean, it's just CrossFit then, basically. And so to Gary's point, what he was talking about earlier, it did bring all these different modalities into one place. CrossFit did, but then also now CrossFit gets credit for Olympic lifting and for powerlifting and for gymnastics. gymnastics. And you can have these uh, different modalities separate and it not be CrossFit. Actually, that's how it's always been until CrossFit, you know. Um, so, yeah, we do mainly powerlifting. Um, so we use lots of, do lots of barbell work. We do have Olympic lifting, you know, kind of integrated in some of the program as an option to people, but it's not required. Because Olympic lifting doesn't, outside of some core strength and outside of looking really cool, I will say it gives me a ridiculous vertical. Like, it helps me jump. Like if, And I could do other things than Olympic lifting, but it does help me get really, really great at jumping high. Yeah. But besides that, eh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people are into it because they're into it. You know, it yeah. depends on, like, what your goals are. For most people, Olympic lifting is not going to help fun. you reach your goals. But that doesn't mean, like, if you don't enjoy it, not to do it. Or if you don't want to, or if it's, like, some kind of 
freedom you get or neuromuscular efficiency by being able to do like a complex movement, like a snatch or power clean by all means, but we don't want to put anyone in a box when they walk into the gym. Oh, that was a double entendre. Put them into a box. (laughs) That is nice. Good. No, it's true. I feel very, if I need to get athletic, like if I'm training for a challenge or if I'm training for like the unknown Olympic lifting gives me those benefits without having to do the full, like, athlete circuit. You know what I mean? The Mm -hmm. athlete circuit can definitely do it for me, but if I only want to pick two things and be quicker and speedier and more efficient without having to think about it too much, snatching and clean jerking it is. Probably snatching more than anything. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we're going to jump into the process of leaving... (laughs) your like you know some oh shit moments you've had because you've taken some big jumps um you are a personal trainer and a coach uh you have great big goals i think that everyone that's kind of starting their own business uh really just wants to not feel alone in their craziness and that's something that i really want to make sure i always address is that when you own when you are your own boss you just feel crazy sometimes there's really good days and there's really hard days so what would be Let's go the best thing about kind of taking the jump and doing your own thing and some of the hardest things of taking the jump and doing your own thing. Um, all right, so start with the best things. Yeah. All right, some of the best things is the reward is a lot sweeter. Like uh, at other jobs, regardless of what it was, like even the desk job or, um, you know, when I was coaching in Georgia, stuff like that, uh, it wasn't my thing it wasn't my baby stuff like that Mm -hmm. so when it's mine and I like have my name on it it feels a lot better whenever I hit certain uh successes I guess or if I help people or if I grow up to a certain point like that feeling you just can't replace you know and like the feeling of like wow like I did this like that yeah nobody I mean obviously you have help along the way stuff like that but it just feels really, really nice to have that. Um, it's cool. It's kind of this example of team sport versus individual. I always did team sport. I always did soccer or some sort of group activity. And rarely did I do individual where I was like, holy shit, I, this is amazing. I'm, this is euphoric. Like, if I don't do it, nobody else will. There's nobody to get my back. If I fall, and it was rock climbing that was my first kind of individual sport that I did because I was like, oh my God, why have I never done something like this before? Uh, but yeah, it makes so much sense. You competed in rock climbing? No, I didn't compete, but... Oh, oh, you just did it like... I just okay. did it pretty... I was like, what? Well, I do, I do everything competitively in my own way. Of course, of course. <laughs> but no, I just did it uh, in college, and I would love to get back into it. I've said that for a while, but... Maybe maybe this we're, winter's the winter. We're right across the street from a climbing gym. We really are. I have no excuse. Um, okay, so worst right. things. Worst things. And um, then finish with a positive. I don't want to. I want a positivity. Okay, sandwich. I got another positive. I'll, I'll keep okay, it to the end. Cool. We'll just Thank sandwich you. Sandwich that right yeah, there. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> end on a negative note, bro. Um, a lot of the negatives is you. Uh, uh, very, very often you're going to put a lot of work in and see little to no results. I mean, that's just, that's just part of the process. Um, and the way I try to visualize that to just kind of digest it better is I think about people who I admire and the people that I admire the most 
are the people that come into the gym every day. They're strict on their diet. They're going hard, but they're just, they're one of those people that just has slow progress. Mm. They have slow progress, but they come in every day. They'll, they'll show up and they do the work. Um, and for me, it wasn't really like that growing up because I've been working out and stuff. So like, I always admired people like that. I'm like, wow, like it must be really hard to keep, you know, punching that ticket every single day and not seeing the results right away. Um, so I always just try to remind myself of those people and try to have that mindset. Like it's okay. It'll pay, sorry, it'll pay off dividends in the end and stuff like that. But just, you know, just, it's about the process. Just keep going. It's, it's the same for fitness and results as it is for business in very eerie ways. Like the similarities and the parallels of, you know, wanting so badly to get somewhere and not really seeing traction. Because the best thing about working out, right, is that you can get an instant high. You can get the gratification because your hormones are actually doing something. Your serotonin, your the tryptophan, everything is firing. So there's clear results of like, wow, I feel better. But when that goes away or when you're like looking at your meal planning and doing certain things through the food and being like, I don't get like an instinct. I don't eat vegetables and feel like a superhero, <laughs> at least not initially. So it's it's true because it's very similar to when you're starting off. You're like, I just want to be good. I just want to know that it's working and that I'm not going to have to worry about things just to be able to feel like your foundation is safe. You know, when you look at like root chakra or whatever it is, just to make sure you have enough money to pay your bills and you can take care of yourself. It's like that work, that's hard. I think that's the work for everybody that starts their business because you're trying to take care of other people and then you're turning your passion into your your paycheck. I think like what um, one of the things you said as far as like too when you are struggling and it's hard is to come back and focus on those people that you're helping every day and become present in that I think that helps me a ton when I otherwise I can start going down rabbit holes of negativity but then if I can just like step back and be like let me focus on helping this person right now and Mm -hmm. whenever I do that like that just just brings me right out of it (laughs) that's that's a great point yeah, the, the emotional maturity you get from this process, you can't get anywhere else. Like, one year of trying to do your own business, I would equate to, like, five years of working for someone else just because, like, you, you have to figure out, like, you, you have to work on yourself because if you're not there, your business won't be there. So you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about who you – because you find out who you are when you're struggling the most, when you're under stress, stuff like that, you know, like – Anyone can be happy-go-lucky when everything's good. It's just like these are the times where you kind of mold yourself and you're like, okay, you know what? I don't like that quality or that quality is not going to be good to work with others, so let's try to fix that a little bit. So. Totally. God, that's very smart about self-awareness being like the biggest key to success with business. And it's hard because sometimes it doesn't feel related. It actually feels like you're not doing enough, right? You're not learning enough, not reaching out enough, not promoting enough, not marketing enough. And really it's like sometimes the best marketing is when you yourself are feeling good and you feel like you're checking off the boxes. Uh, that's a really good point about, you know, cause I, I have this, um, idea to do this series on from passion to paycheck to paradox, because what happens when we kind of get into that cycle of like, you find a passion, it turns into your paycheck. And then you kind of get stuck in this place where now you're 
handcuffed you're almost. You're handcuffed to your passion. Yeah. Where that's kind of the opposite of what a passion is. And so I think it's just interesting to think of. But what you said is so great. Like we're lucky as trainers and coaches working with people to be able to say like, even if everything is going crazy and I'm with this person and this person and it's, this is why I do it. You have those instant reminders versus somebody that might be, you know, writing on their own or drawing on their own or creating on their own. It's a little bit of a better skill set. So maybe it's just if you are that person to find people to be around as much as you can. 100 for, for sure. sure. Yes. Um, or even turning like that, that person that same kind of thing. But some, um, a lot of times people come to us looking for us to bring them out of their dull or their day or, or something like that. And that's a huge win too. Cause it's like, I don't have time to feel bad or be like bummed out about my own situation. Cause my job right now is to help lift this person up and make their day better. And then return. It makes my day better. Yeah. You're, you know? you're there to take care of that person. That's so true. And that's what I think I get frustrated with, with social media. I know you guys talked about this on your Gains Train podcast. Gains oh, did you Z. listen to it? Not yet. Oh, sorry. oh. Oh, I got excited. <laughs> I was like. But I get the cliff notes as, as often as I can. Um, the What you guys talked about with social media, but one of the biggest things I see is very quickly not knowing what your intention is because it can sometimes be to help people. But I have found that more people... They say it's to help somebody, but in turn, it's kind of for them to feel like not as bad about themselves. They get their validation from helping. Does that make sense? So yeah. it's very similar to like, I am here to help you, but that means I'm here to help you. And I have this genuine, like, I, I this desire to help is actually coming from this desire to not feel so powerless in my own life. It's like a very bizarre thing that I think everyone has to go through. Disingenuous. Yeah, like it, it comes off very genuine, but it's hard because that and that's the thing with online. That I mean it's such it's so easy to put things out there these days, which is wonderful. But I think everyone, no matter what their goal is, they need to work one on one with people. If they For sure. In training and <coughs> nutrition and whatever it is, you know, despite your goals of maybe being online at some point there's so much value, like you said, about those day-to-day encounters and the learning experiences that come from per- in-person training that I think so many times people jump to online training and they don't find success or they don't they kind of see some plateaus because they're missing some of those one-on-one qu- qualities that they learn. And that kind of like was one of the questions I had for you was like um, – so, like, when I'm, like, building my business, I mean, we all got into this because we want to help people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you have to have the business side. You have to have the you, – you have your purpose, but you have to have a business side to support yourself, to grow, stuff like that. And, like, I just find myself, like, when I'm making posts or when I'm trying to do stuff, like, I always have this, like, inner argument, like – Am I doing this because I just want to make a lot of money and help myself? Or are you still in touch with what you're trying to do? And, like, I know at the end of the day, like, I'm doing this because I want to help people and stuff like that. But it's just weird having that inner battle, like, you know. That constant, like, struggle and inner dialogue. Yeah. I feel like you don't have to always be struggling to help people. And, like, it's okay to be successful and 
Um, just making sure your choices are still in line with your original purpose. Oh, that's a great question because what I have found, and this took me a long time to work through, but people that tend to want to help the most are willing to do it for nothing. And they're willing to do it at cost or at, at the uh, expense of their own lifestyle, meaning that we kind of have this starving artist mentality. Because in society, doing what you love doesn't necessarily equate lots of money, right? People that are the most profound in our society, teachers and nurses, I think the two like most caregiving, important roles, they... I mean, nurses get paid pretty well, but <laughs> teachers don't get paid shit. Yeah. They, you know, so it's interesting because they are truly doing it for other people. Uh, my mom being the best example. Like, my mom is a teacher. She is an incredible teacher that is so good at what she does. But completely, I mean, every teacher is underpaid. And so what I think I had to struggle with and what I had to get through was that I can help people, but I also deserve good things. And that came to the belief of money equates to greed. And when I want nice things or if I want to have X amount of dollars, to me that instantly, it took a long time to work through, but it was a flawed way of thinking. I thought that just to want some nice things, that would, was a bad thing. So I think it's really working on knowing that you are worth what you are asking for. And that goes really deep of like, I I know my worth, I know my value, I know I'm I'm deserving of good things, whether it's nice car, good house, etc. Uh, I think that helps a lot because then you stop seeing yourself as somebody that's being the salesperson and you're like, this is just who I am and people that see my worth will come to me. Does that make sense at all? Absolutely. Um, that coaching program I just did, the Strong Coach or whatever, that was one of the very first things we had a journal exercise about. And talk about the difference between sacrifice and, like, you know, just helping yourself out and stuff. And, like, uh, they made a really good point, like, basically what you're saying, you know, like, if you aren't filling up your cup, you're not showing up fully for that person. Mm -hmm. Because you're thinking about money, you're thinking about rent, stuff like that. And then at that point, you're not providing the level of service that you want. So it's kind of, yeah, it just yeah. goes both ways. It's okay to take care of yourself. Totally. You know, you look at your... I. I know this is super hippie, but I do this as often as I can every morning. You look at your seven chakras and you kind of think of, okay, I can, if I'm starting at my top, my crown, it's connecting to another world. It's, I am bigger than just this physical body. Your Wade knows all about this. We got our third eye, which is connecting to manifesting and being like, I can see things in the future or like I can bring this to life. You look at your voice, being able to be heard and communicating clearly to the clients that you want. Uh, all of these things that are above, but nothing happens until you are taken care of in your root. And your root is what grounds you. It's your safety. It's And so when you realize that to be financially secure and to feel like you have that basic needs met, it's a requirement for truly feeling in alignment and seeing the success you want because you're able to be more creative. You're able to be more uh, out there. You're able to put yourself out there and not feel so terrified because you're not just like swimming without an anchor. You finally have an anchor that you can always come back to. So I think it's understanding and recognizing like I need, I deserve and want to feel 
financially secure. And that means that I need to say enough things so people know what I'm trying to do so that people know my business exists. And I, I cannot feel guilty about it. So many people feel that way, that they, when they feel like they're promoting themselves, there's like a level of guilt that they hold. And that guilt, I mean, we live in a society of guilt. We just have to get out of it. There's just way too much of it in our world. And so anytime you catch yourself feeling guilty about something, just know you're a good human. You're in it for the right reasons. You're trying to help people. Um, and it's usually a money belief, really looking at the thoughts on, around money and your worth and knowing that you're worth it more so than, you know, feeling like this isn't me and me not being genuine. Right. I think like one thing too, that I've always, uh, been, I guess just like that I've always really noticed about Emily too, is when her business grows, so does her ability to help more people. And so her draw to impact more people and make an impact in their lives is is because her business has continued to grow. So then before, you know, you're helping a small group, and then as that business grows and as you're following or whatever it is and, and you have a positive message in, a, in an environment where a lot of times messages are diluted or watered down or inauthentic, you can be one of those beacons of light that has like a very positive and is coming from a, a solid place. You get to help more people. I mean, you just get to, your net becomes bigger. So it's, that's a pretty cool thing too. So if you focus on that, you can also focus on your ability to help a wider audience. And your intention, I mean, it's true. It's like my intention is just to, help people avoid the bullshit as much as possible. There's so much bullshit. Out There's there. a lot <laughs> of bullshit. And you you know, we get in our bubbles in our gym or around the people that we're around and we forget that other people are being taught and sold and they're they're truly believing some of these things. Like the the red meat phenomenon being the biggest one about veganism in two movies. Did you watch it last night? Yeah, I totally did. Uh, and the, and uh, New York Times just came out with the article. Did you read that? Of course. Of course you did. <laughs> Wait, about veganism or no about red meat? About red oh, meat. Oh, I heard about being that. Yeah. Um, NPR just came out with one too. If you guys want to listen in, but it was it's just interesting because you can make anything look good if you have money. You can market anything and you can twist anything. And studies have to be completely stripped down and you have to see the study in order for you to fully understand it. No longer can you look at an interpretation of a study and get what you need out of it without it being affected no. by bias. Because somebody's already giving you their interpretation. It's already right? biased. Exactly. And that's what's so frustrating with this stuff. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I spoke with a, um, a couple of surgeons a while back and we got into like research and stuff like that. And like I was asking, I was like, you know, how come there's literally a study that can prove everything? Like, there's always a study that will say, like, you know, let's say apples will kill you if you eat them every day. And then another study will come out. Apples that are the most true, amazing though, thing. Dude. Yeah. That's actually yeah. true. You can't eat apples every day. And the way, they, uh, the way they describe the process to me is, you know, for a researcher, you have to get funding for your research. Like, you have one thing that you want to do. Um, but to get the money, you need to get a corporation to sponsor you, whatever. Well, that corporation is not cons- most cor- a lot of corporations aren't just concerned with finding the truth they're concerned with finding something that's going to help them sell their product yeah. so they're like if the only 
uh, journals that get published are the ones that will prove what the sponsor basically is uh, wanting to promote, right? Like back in the day, cigarettes, like, no, they don't cause cancer. Like, whatever, we have studies to prove that. Like, you can always have a study prove something as long as you, you know, manipulate certain variables or you, you know, discard certain variables, stuff like that. So, like, to your point, yeah, you you have to you have to read through the research and just kind of come to your own conclusion and like, but that's why I just get so tired with like nutrition because there's so many variables in nutrition. Like what's great for me may be horrible for you or okay for weight and vice versa, like all this stuff. So it's like, I feel like a lot of it also, you just have to try. You have to try You have to test a bunch of stuff it. out. It's so true. And nobody, that's, people don't really want to try, right? So they want a baseline and they want to figure out, because it's overwhelming if they try and it doesn't succeed, they feel like a failure because of all this guilt that we walk around with. So I think in general, like the less guilt we can feel about shit, the more likely we are to stick with something because a lot of the adherence to diets come from this lack of like feeling accomplished. They don't feel rewarded in some way and then they feel guilty about it. So I think that's yeah, it's frustrating. But yeah, it was a good article about, oh wait, red meat doesn't actually connect with anything, everything else, all these studies never isolated red meat itself. So, I mean, you guys know this, but it's like about where you get your meat from, period. You can put carbon back into the earth with the right kinds of meat, which is just unheard of in any other scenario. If you guys haven't listened to Bobby Gill and I's podcast, go listen to it. It's good. Okay, Gary, what are the questions you got? Uh Gary's got a whole notebook here. He's like so prepared. (laughs) I love it. I never um, think about it. So what was okay, so what was the process like for you to kind of um establish yourself in a <laughs> certain area? So like the fitness industry is huge. There's a million different, you know, areas, niche markets, whatever. Um and it's kinda it's very difficult to kind of find your voice in the beginning. Um I've shifted a few times, I went from CrossFit to gymnastics, now I'm kind of strength training and now I'm kind of in this limbo where I'm trying to figure out where I can serve the best. Mm -hmm. So for you, it's like women's health, stuff like that, nutrition, all that good stuff. Um, But like, yeah, how did, how are you able to kind of separate yourself and establish a specific market where you can just be consistent? Oh, these are great questions, Gary. I think that the, the best thing is to do what truly lights you up. So if I'm going to, if I know, this is a great example. If I know that I really am good at teaching people about nutritional therapy and gut health and digestion, and that's all I wanted to talk about. Um, it, it isn't necessarily what gives me the most, most joy, except for helping people learn about it really in, in a way that I can't do, which is why I went to different people and f- filmed interviews for the Body Awareness Project, because I was like, I love talking about this, but if this is my one and only thing, um, I don't get as much joy from it, but I get joy out of talking to different experts about it because there's so much to learn. So I knew like for something like nutritional therapy that the I enjoyed more taking other people, getting ideas back and forth through those interviews, and then helping people learn through that. But I didn't necessarily want to be the gut person or the adrenal person, even though I love talking about it. Um, I love talking about it in a way that is so – it cannot – 
one person can't know everything there is to know about those things, right? So they're so broad-based. So I just stick with what what do I truly love to do? And then what do I really want to, what do I get excited to talk about? So anytime something like a caption or a post or a video felt like work, I knew I energetically had something connected to that that wasn't going to be as positive. So if I feel like I have to check the box and write, do this workout and post this workout, but I'm like, Ugh, I'm not that excited about it. And this feels like work. I stop doing it. I don't do it. So there's times where I'll be really excited to post about a workout and I post about a workout. But for the last probably two months, I've, I've been struggling to get into the gym. These have been like 30 minute work. You guys have seen, it's like, oh my God, my adrenals, if I do anything too much, I'm out. And so I have to be really smart and really slow and really strategic, which means filming workouts aren't exciting for me. So I haven't done it. So I think it's not putting yourself in a box, even though there needs to be some sort of expertise. What I did initially was just talk about in general food all the time because food excited me so much. Food healed me from the inside out. I finally got rid of my gut issues. I was thinking clearly. I was sleeping. My skin got better. There was just so much that happened that it became really easy for me to post about food. Like I wanted to talk about it and teach people about it, and that never got old. But as soon as something got old, I would change it. I'd be like, okay, well, what actually excites me? Because it's not necessarily about what looks good on paper or on your social. It is so much more energetic than that. Like if you truly love it, you're going to want to think about it. So it, I think it takes the pressure off of you and knowing that you can be creative and you don't have to just pick one thing. And that was what every business coach told me. Like you just have to pick one thing. And I'm like, fuck you. I don't have one thing. to <laughs> I'm not going to do it. And as soon as I would do it, and this comes down to personality type, as soon as I would do it, pick one thing, I felt like I was in a nine to five. I felt like I was working for somebody else. And as soon as you feel that when you are an entrepreneur, you have to get out of it. You cannot, that's, you're, you have to set yourself up for success. So if you feel like certain things are like tedious, um, consistently tedious, then don't be afraid to reevaluate and be like, well, what would I enjoy? What would I like? And sometimes in that moment, you don't know. And the only way that I can figure that out is if I like completely check out, go on a walk, go on a trail run, go snowboarding, get in nature. It's always kind of reconnecting with like, oh, yay, I'm myself again. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this. Like Japan, after four days in Japan, I was like, I have four business ideas. I have four new ideas that I can't wait to tell you guys about. Um, I won't tell you about it on here, but, <laughs> <laughs> but so it helps you kind of like light that up a little bit. I feel like too, um, in this industry, it's different than a lot of other ones because people also expect you like you should like, I mean, you listed off gymnastics, strength training, Olympic training, uh, then nutrition. Everyone thinks that, oh, well, if I'm in health and wellness, I need to know everything about nutrition. I need to know everything about mobility. I need to know everything about recovery. And you, you just can't be an expert in all those things, you know, like, but I feel like so many people since they are, or the people that we interact with a lot are in this industry, they all try to like fulfill that and be that to everyone. Right. And it's and one thing that I've learned is like, dude, I don't, I, I'm gonna send you to this person, mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm gonna send you to this guy or this guy or this guy, and I feel like a lot of people don't have that 
confidence. Do you know why? I don't think it's confidence. I think it's ego. I, right. I could see well, they that. go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Insecurity, or but I feel like right. that was a huge thing. Is like everyone that has um, a hard time letting that go and knowing that they're not the expert is just because they have a lot to prove. Right. Right. So I would say to younger coaches, <clears throat> one thing that I uh, really noticed in my earlier years, um, whenever I would tell a client. I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know about that, but let me talk to someone or let me, let me look this up, stuff like that. I got more trust and more respect from them than the coaches that were like, Oh, just do this, do this. And then later I'll come in the gym and be like, dude, don't do that. (laughs) But like, like, cause it's okay. It's okay to not know. Like you don't have to know everything, but if you, the main thing that they want to know is that you care. So if you just say, I don't know that right now, but let me look it up. And you know, if this resource says this, whatever, try this out. Like you'll get so much more respect from them if you do that than if you just try to act like you know everything. Totally. And I think a lot of people on social, when they are looking through their, you know, it's just comparing, comparing, seeing what they're doing that I'm not. Uh, what am I doing wrong that they're doing right? It's it's instantly a survivalist mentality. And it's just like the things we've been talking about, you know, like the lions and the wolves and the how you relate. And, you know, females do it more probably than men, but men do it too. No, no, we definitely do it. <laughs> it's hard not to. I mean, yeah. it, 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 especially social media just provides that platform where if you're on it too much or you just get too much into it, you, it's easy to start comparing yourself, which is not fair or real. What is our social media challenge for October? Ooh. Did we set one? Mm, no. I think we have to set one. So the points for the challenge, this uh, new MFIT challenge, did I tell you what I named it? No, drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Just the Facts. Thoughts? Ooh, I like it. Simple. Um, Thanks, love it. <laughs> <laughs> So the points that we have that you guys hopefully will jump in on, I think you guys are already on this, Sober October. So we have Sober October. We have, so no alcohol. We have three cups of veggies a day, and a greens powder counts as one of those. Um, Ten minutes of movement or mobility, no fried food. We have take a fish oil. We have a bonus of cutting back on caffeine, one cup of coffee a day, sipping on herbs. And then the last one... I'm totally drawing a blank, but oh, check in with your buddy. Should we do a what's up, buddy? What's Did up? You? I know Wade's up, my buddy? Wade's my nutrition challenge. Is buddy. he? Yeah. Nice. Bradford's out. Wade's Brad, in. Bradford's out. <laughs> <laughs> He's out. He's so out. Emily <laughs> walked in and she goes, "Bradford, who's gonna be your nutrition buddy?" <laughs> yeah, she tried to hand and him he, off to me. I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dang, dude. I thought he would bite. Who, who do you have one? Yeah, I have Carly. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's she's like game. super competitive. I was oh, like, she's all right, yeah. she's it's the silent ones you gotta watch out for. You, you guys, know, I think I need to do one hour of social media a day. Would you be able to? I thought you, guys, you already do that. No, 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 I do it, but for a point. Oh, I was like, <laughs> well, just a quick question does uh, Netflix count as social media? <laughs> no, no, dude, no, <laughs> oh, okay, no, all right, all right, yeah, nah, we're in, we're nah. good, we're good. What show are you into right now? Oh, he's been oh. watching these murder shows, bro. Yeah, Always. Cold Case Files, Mindhunter. Oh, I destroyed Mindhunter. That was so good. Um, I watched The Office a lot. Oh, I just got back into Sopranos, which is on Oh, I should, re- I should run that back, dude. Dude, I'm all about the crime it. stuff. What? It. It's the... 
I've never it, like, seen it. It revolutionized like uh like not network, what do you call like HBO and stuff like cable, like yeah. television shows? Sopranos was the first show like that that like really set the precedent. Set up the anti hero. Yeah. It's the first one, first successful one. <laughs> and it's amazing. You have to watch Stockholm. It is so good. We were on the plane watching it and it's just so good. So, so Stockholm Syndrome, you guys had both heard of. I had never even heard of this, but when you fall in love with your captor or like somebody that's... Yeah, or your situation, yeah. you yeah. know, of like being like prisoners, have Stockholm Syndrome, things this, like so that. Basically is, Beauty and the Beast. This is, the, yes, this is the original reason of Stockholm and it's based on this bizarre true story and it's done so well. This guy's hilarious. It's Ethan Hawke, I think. Oh, he's good. I yeah, like yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. a nut job. It's so good. You guys, just everyone go watch it. It's great. Um, so one hour of social media. Can we do it? Are we in? I have to finalize these. Oh, yeah, I'm in. For sure. Okay. Let's do it. Wait, is this a day or a week? A day. A day. Oh, huh. <laughs> a week would be. Trying to go crazy? Yeah, like yeah. I got businesses to run, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Okay, I'm curious. Can I call you guys out? Can we see where we're at with our social media? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know my entertainment. Okay, so everyone, really if hard. you're listening, go to settings. This is on iPhone. Sorry, I don't have an Android. So go to <laughs> settings, go to screen time, and go to uh, M's iPhone, right? And then I don't have M's days. iPhone. So you go to your iPhone. <laughs> At the very top, it'll say screen time, today, M's iPhone, or your name for your iPhone. Is everyone with me? And you click it. And then go to last seven days. So your last seven days, how many hours have you been on Instagram? I got no service. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I got it. Oh, I feel good. I feel good. Uh, I'm under my seven hour a day. Oh, I'm good. I average an hour 15 minutes. How'd you get your average a day? Or wait, am I already at an hour and 15 minutes? Daily average under it. Daily average. Oh, shoot. Well, I actually yeah. just got a new phone Monday night, so my daily average is 21 minutes. Oh, that's great. Yeah, well, it's not realistic at all. <laughs> um, uh, I love this. Okay, well, then I think I, so over the last, I hit six hours over the last seven days. What's your daily average screen time? Oh, that's bad because I check all my emails. Go back to like the settings part. Oh, my eyes look at this. Why does mine look different? Yeah, why does mine look different? My daily average is five and a half hours. Jesus. Oh yeah, that's probably mine too. Jesus. I will say I justify my oh, mine's emails two hours. being on my phone. Oh, well, also that's kind of skewed because I accidentally fall asleep with like a show running sometimes, so it keeps going. Bro, that is not good for your brain. My That's dad okay. Would be very upset by that. I've, oh, gotten, I've gotten rid of a lot of bad habits, so that one's not so right. Bad. I know. Cool that. I'm so glad you guys didn't make me give up nicotine during the sober October. We've tried that a few times. I don't. I don't want well. you to freak out too much. I know. <laughs> I want you I know, to be because happy. Our sober October has no, like no. We're in Colorado, so you can't smoke cannabis or anything during sober October. Nothing. You so. guys aren't smoking cannabis? Nope. Nope. I'm Nothing. so proud of you guys. Yeah. yeah. It's hardcore. Oh, look at that. Yeah. I know. I set myself up, though, because I, like, slowly you have tapered? been tapered off. Because so before, like, I, I mean, I'm not, like, 
I don't smoke weed all day or anything like that, but I usually, <laughs> just for the record, <laughs> but usually at night, like at the end of my day, I use it to kind of like wind down after I've done everything. And I've tried to cut it before and I couldn't fall asleep. Like I just can't. I think my body's just so used to taking that in at that time. Uh, so I slowly like tapered myself off. And last night, fell right asleep so at glad. 10, 15. Well, if you're having trouble sleeping, are you taking the Trimag? Yes. I just, Hello. I just got some, dear. Emily just gave no, me my like out. supplement regimen. We finally got back in stock. So if you have, it, if it's not Empirica, I don't take it. <laughs> I don't even want it. I know. Get Can I sponsor your Gainstream podcast? Yeah, for sure. What did we get? <laughs> I f- Supplements. Oh, really? Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Done. I mean, Done. You might want to listen to a couple episodes. Make sure you want to sponsor. No. <laughs> Gary was talking about like us switching over to drinking tea, and then he was like, "Yeah, he's like, we'll he's like we'll drop a, we'll drop Emily's tea on there." Or what'd you say? How'd yeah, you we'll up? plug Emily's tea in the uh, podcast at the yeah, end. Like, like she'll sponsor us, and George's like, "I I don't know." He's oh. like, "I don't know." Our well, he's like, not there yet. I don't know if she would want that. I was like, dude, we're in a sponsored podcast now. Yeah. We're kind of a big deal. No big deal. You guys just got your first, first off, of course I would give you guys supplements. Duh. <sighs> Second off, the gym, you guys just got, <laughs> I want to hear about Beacon. Tell me about Beacon. So this just happened. Oh, but, man. Um, all this testing just went down for all my listeners. They're partnering up and we have a partner in the works partnership in the works for platform for members to go do it at a discounted rate or potentially like a trial yeah first month free three months that's so awesome so it's a place that is a you're gonna do better job explaining it so it's like um it's this really cool place um that's right i mean it's really luckily for us it's really close to the gym but you go in and they run you through a gamut of different testing um the first one we did was like you do everything on a force plate so the first test is a vertical jump, and the vertical jump measures three different things. It measures like just your like how much force you're willing to, or not willing, but how much force you produce, your explosivity, and then your like what your is load, this? and then load, your load drive and explosiveness. Load drive and explosiveness, which I was reading a lot about the three this morning. It's kind of funny. It's like these exercises will increase like your your drive, but they'll decrease these other things, and like depending on which you don't even think about it in a jump. You don't think about that there's three different things involved there. Right. But there is. So, like, I, I measured the highest in the in the that middle category. Gary did the highest. I was in, explosive, I think. Yeah. And then uh, George is just that load. straight load, bro. And the cool thing is, based on how you test on that, it'll tell you what you're at most risk for injury for, oh. which was funny because when we did another test later where we had to run a lot, I was complaining kind of about my knees and oh, my back all a little bit. Things, my all hips. three of us. They were, he was complaining about his knees, and George complained about his feet, and then we went back to the risk factor, and that was exactly on par with what our risks were. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it was really interesting. And then we did the balance portion, which we all did terrible on, but it, just it's way harder than you think. So I thought it was like, oh, you're just like at a DUI checkpoint, and you just like have to lift one leg and raise it, but you're also blindfolded. And then it's... 
I think our I think we're gonna crush it next time. All right. And we're not even gonna mention that we all did poorly. Well, How poorly we did. I already mentioned that. But I'll tell them. Okay. They, they said I had the worst balance that they've ever seen. <laughs> Those were they were like, How are you walking? This is bad. Balance <laughs> is kind of crazy. It's it sometimes can be associated with toxicity. Oh. Which is something that Outside of training, uh, Emily's gonna weekend. give you some like <laughs> Emily's gonna give you like some secret supplements. Some like, oh, there. dude, so I need get that liver. Yeah. My liver's back to normal now. Yeah, but anyway, oh, I'm so happy. That's so great. Uh, this table's just a little too long for my <laughs> short arms to reach across and high five you. Yeah, keep that glutathione. But it would be interesting if it just just to kind of understand that balance sometimes is toxicity. Isn't yeah. that kind of bizarre? Yeah, That's, yeah, I could see it. Um, but then we had the plank test. And the plank test, we all crushed it. They were of like, course. dang, you guys are strong. They were like, dang, your trunk is strong. We're like, we know. We know. We, we know. We train that on the daily. But then the coolest thing, I think, I mean, they were all cool, but then the next one we did was like the CRA test, which is uh, they put you on a treadmill. You start out at a slower pace, and then they increase it incrementally every three minutes, and then they take your blood to see where, like, your lactate levels are. Yep, and then it can tell you what energy source you use most efficiently, least efficiently, stuff like that. So, if you're trying to train for something, you know, you can alter your eating and your train and your training based on that. Oh, that's yeah, cool. and you're wearing a heart. I mean, it's and it's all related to heart rate as well. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And apparently, the guy you said the guy that created started Beacon created that test mm-hmm. at Anschutz. Cool. Yeah, Anschutz knows what's up. That's so awesome that they're making it accessible. And they did DEXA scan versus in-body. Yeah, which it is, talks. it's it like an MRI. Feelings. Yeah, it didn't hurt mine because mine had already been hurt by the in-body, so I was already used to it anyways. But yeah. it's it's you sit there for six minutes, and this thing just scans over you. Um, and it just gives you a breakdown of everything, right? Uh, fully, really very specific based on like what your lean mass is, what your skeletal mass is, which I got some dense bones. That's good yeah, to know. You and George. I know. I have some very dense bones. It's because I drink milk. I'm just kidding. I don't drink milk. <laughs> <laughs> I just did that to get an eye roll from Emily. <laughs> Success. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's interesting is when, uh, I, oh my God, my brain just went eight places. Um, <laughs> He's like, why'd you say milk, bro? Why'd you say milk? I was like, D3, K2. <laughs> I want to talk about Activator X. I <laughs> Compare DEXA scan with InBody. Um, I mean, it's kind of a, it's similar as far as what they do. It's just, I would say, kind of like a more uh, enhanced version of it. Yeah, like I would, I'd be curious if you did like, the in body and then right into DEXA scan would they yeah, be we did. close? Was, was your lean muscle mass at least close in number? I'll have to check my lean muscle mass. But the highest I've ever tested on body fat on the in body was 12. And then I got 20.6 on that one, which I should have tested in the same day. I think that would have helped because it was a rough weekend. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess that's not really fair, but I've never seen it that high before. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty accurate. And mine was eighteen, and he was like, it, "That's what Embody tells you." Embody said fourteen point two the last time, um, but I mean that's ne- it's never measured me lower low on it. But the one thing that I think that people get disenchanted by um, on the Embody and with this like DEXA scan is they're used to like bros at the gym telling them like, "Bro, I'm three percent." Like, no, you're dead. You're not three percent. Like. 
both those tests are taken every part of your body, mm-hmm. right? It's not it's not a skin caliper test. It's not just like a fifty dollar electronic impedance that you hold in front. It's it's full body, so it takes in account of everything. So, um, and then I think with the in body and with the DEXA scan, it's like. We have people at the gym sometimes like get frustrated with in-body, but they, they constantly test at different times and different levels. It's and it's so important right. with that in-body that you test it in the same conditions, preferably in the morning after you drink some water, but you're still fasted, best yeah. time to do it. And if you do it at different times, it's it's you're setting yourself up to, to be upset. Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, like accuracy is not always the goal consistency is so even if it reads you a little high as long as you're seeing the trend that your body is going through that's the important part totally. unless like i guess you really need to be that specific which is not very often ever yeah we're just and i think what's so great and i this has been the biggest part of all the posts this week for platform and for my instagram it's like i holy shit september rocked me and i was stressed and not working out as much but also under eating and I completely, I lost five pounds, five pounds of muscle, eight pounds total. Five and pounds of muscle? I lost five pounds of muscle. So wow. I, I gained body fat, lost muscle mass, and lost weight. So it was just like, you guys, just by losing weight, do, it does not mean that you look better. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I need my muscle back. So my goal for, uh, yeah, for all of October is to get my, as close to my, five pounds I know is aggressive, but to get as close to my five pounds back. Do you have any uh, lifting number goals? You know what? I don't. I usually do. And I just don't because I tend to... That'll mess you up right does. now. That's going to mess up your... My mojo. Yeah, because then you'll go to ham. You're going to go... I know. Don't do it. I know. Don't don't even tell her. Wayne don't even think well. about <laughs> it. Don't even tell her, bro. Wayne knows me well. I mean, I would love to get back to 175 bench. Um, overhead squat, I feel like I can always overhead squat. 185. So I, I mean, if I do it once, I'm happy. Um, back squat. I have a hard time with back squatting. It's just not my lift. I'm just not good at it. Uh, but I would love to get back to, I don't know, 245 and then deadlift. I don't know. Consist- I could do 285 for five. I would be happy with if I hit those numbers again. What, have you? She's like, I don't have any numbers in mind. <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever play with low bar back squat? You know, I started to with George. You need to. Uh, you have such a long torso; it would help. It's helped my squat tremendously. Okay, I'm yeah. into it. Yeah. It feels. It felt better after I did it two times, but it was like, oh god, this is so strange. It's really weird at first, but then once you get used to it, it's like the hook grip. Like mm-hmm. once you get used to it, you're like, oh, this is my shit. Yeah, I'm doing your this. squat looks fantastic. Yeah, you look like a bulldog, <laughs> <I> bro. <know. laughs> we yeah, decided just like, if we were all dogs at the gym. What would we be? What would be? I think, you know, I, mine's still, Jerry's still out, but you would definitely be Jerry's Hank. Up. Hank the Tank, the Hank Jen Wiedersham's dog? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wade would be uh, Denali. Denali, yeah. yes. Stu and Kate's dog. French bulldog, French yeah. Bulldog. He's so awesome. Hank Dude, that dude's American. a little ball of muscle, yeah, too. Yeah, he's, he's diced out. Hank's he's an American bunnies. bulldog. And then I don't know what I would be, but I don't know. If like a border collie Vesla mix. What about the Augustus je- dog? No, that dog. Augustus. Oh, oh yeah, no. Oh yeah. Even yeah, I'd he's a, a little, he's a little crazy. 
I think yeah. border collie, but there's no we don't have any border. Oh my god, we do have one. Um, Al or Ace, Ace the border collie. Yeah, um, I don't know if you're Ace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, remember when she said that? We're all like, nah. She was like, oh, can I be Ace? Right? Like, no. no. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe Josh's dog. Josh's dog. Oh, yeah, you, you, you could, could be Abby for sure. Abby's, actually, she's a beautiful chocolate lab. Okay, I'll she's be Abby. yoked and, up, and she's like, Perfect. she wants to do everything right, but then like she wants to, but then she's like, now nah, I'm gonna do my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm yeah. Abby. Yeah. All right. Do you have any more questions for me, Gary? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, just at least one more question. Okay, um, perfect. What is like? So, I guess what has changed in your mindset? or focus, or just how you view business between now and, like, let's say five years ago? Oh, my God, everything. Wow. And, like, if you could have known something back then, like, if you could have saw something one way back then that would have just made the whole ride that much easier, mm-hmm. what would it be? I know that's, like, that's a very a big question. question no, but it's great. Um, the sooner I let go of control and just trust that I'm going to be okay. Because I, I, my whole life is evolutions where... I want something, I work my ass off until I see it, until I get it, Um, and then I'm like, okay, what's next? And so I very rarely take a breath in between those evolutions. I've noticed that. Right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I definitely have noticed that. I'm like, oh, I opened a gym, cool, (gasps) and let's open five more, you know, so it's just nonstop where I don't necessarily appreciate the work that it takes to get into it because I used to just think that I was lucky, which I am lucky. I have a lot of luck on my side, um, but I also didn't appreciate how much I worked my ass off and it, understanding that I am, I deserve to take time to celebrate some of those moments and those milestones, which Wade, you've definitely helped with quite a bit with being like, Emily, you're fine. Let's be, celebrate this. So I think that was part of it, but it's also like, Trusting, like five years ago, I had no idea if I would be okay. I had no idea if I could truly be able to do what I wanted. And there's always that doubt in your head of like, maybe I will have to work for somebody else. Maybe I do need to figure out my actual skill set and apply to other other places, you know. And I don't think I ever would get to that point. There was no option for me, which means that's why I, I actually was successful because there was there was no plan B. Um, I didn't allow it. Uh, but I also think that puts so much stress on yourself. And so you turn into a stress fucking nut job. Heard that. Yeah. And the funny thing is I kind of like intentionally do that to myself, which, you know, I don't recommend that for everyone. It's not for everyone. But I kind of realized that back in Georgia, like if I have an out, I'm going to take an out. Mm. So I was like, all right, well, let's go somewhere where there's no one that I really know. Yeah. I don't have any money. And all right, it's do or die. Let's get it. And then exactly you just you get up and you just do it, like because you, you have to. You have to. You have to. That's why I went to Denver because I was like, I don't want the option to fall back to working at Starbucks. I know I can work at Starbucks anywhere. And this was eight or nine years ago. Being like, I never want to work here again. Not because I think it's a bad place to work, but I just never want to serve a cup of coffee again. I know I could but I need to get out of it. And I have to make the decision right now that this is not an option to do because I do not feel happy here. So yeah, yeah, I think that was um, maybe trusting the universe a little bit more because it's got my back so hard. Like 
it's pretty incredible. I mean, Wade, you've kind of seen like this, this September was like the coolest awareness of holy shit. We finally are like, like I kind of actually saw a little bit of the light at the end of the tunnel, which I've never been able to see, which is kind of cool. Um, like a follow-up question with that. How do you manage like keeping, holding like a long-term vision of what this finished product's going to look like and not letting all these small steps let it get in the way or little hurdles and like still maintain that vision. Like I have all these other things, but then I'm like still holding this vision. How do you kind of marry that relationship or? Yeah. Well, I was thinking of this actually my life. I just like think of analogies all the time. And when we were on the plane back from Japan and I can't sleep on planes. So it really screws me up because you have like, you know, you're losing 14 hours, 15 hours. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I need, to, <laughs> I need to sleep or I'm going to be so screwed. So it was a very long flight without sleeping. And I, all I could think about was how far I was from home. Like, I have to get off this plane and then we have to transfer and go to customs and go get my luggage and then go on another plane and then get on the train and then be home. Like there was a million steps that I just would be in the plane getting hot and sweaty and like, I'm not going to be able to make it. <laughs> I, I quit. I quit this right. transit. I don't want to do it. Yeah, and I was like, this is insane. Emily, just literally just get off this plane. One step. Okay, get your luggage. One step. Get You know, you know you're going to make it. You know you're going to get home eventually if you just trust that. So it's the same thing for me with life, like with business stuff is like, oh, my God, I have no idea how I'm going to get there. I have no fucking clue how I'm going to pull this off. So what do I have right now today? And I usually just have lists after lists where it's like to-dos, do this, 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 this. And if I can check those off my list, then I know that I got off of a plane and got my luggage. And then the next is like, what's the next to-do list? So it's just not as soon as I spiral and kind of be like, I'm so far, it's just going right back to what are my short-term goals? So I actually have a meeting today of every single business short-term goals for October, and we break it down into two to three for this week. Um, but I make sure that the team knows the big vision. Like the short-term goals are just steps to get to what I want. Like the Body Awareness Project in 2020 isn't going to look like what it is today, but it's going to be amazing. But I have to think of it in this is what we're doing today. This is what we're doing this week. Does that help? Yeah, it does. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, oh, we got oh, it. Dang. I got dang. Dang. I got fired So up. it's not easy, huh? No. So it's not, not easy. easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Oh, man. What kind of deodorant do you wear? Because <laughs> <laughs> it gets hot and sweaty. <laughs> this stuff like... finally works. It's the first natural deodorant that I like. It's called Primally Pure. <sighs> it works? It works. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Primally Pure. Stuff. Any yeah. other questions, Gary? We have time. Um, we had a couple minutes. Oh, this is a fun one. Okay. <laughs> I'm really interested to hear this <laughs> one. How do you manage the stress? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I become a bad person when I'm stressed. I just become somebody nobody should be around. And I'm finally recognizing that as soon as I wake up, and I feel that type of stress, it is me in my head, and nobody's gonna win. As soon as I get into my head, and I'm overthinking, and I need all of the things done, and I have no idea how they're gonna get done, I actually can't work my way out of the stress. 
So what I have learned is I have to every morning, and I am a little off on it because of this Japan trip, um, because it's like midnight there right now. But it was saying every time I wake up, do I feel excited? And I actually have this place in my stomach. It's like the solar plexus area that like literally turns when I'm about to have my best days. And if I don't feel that, I try to meditate in order to feel it. And I sometimes pull tarot cards. And by sometimes, I mean I always do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You guys know we do it in our team meetings. Um, I try to say, like, what do I need right now? And I pendulum the cards because it's like I, I sometimes don't know what I need. And that stress can consume me. And sometimes those tools like tarot cards or pendulums or baths or saunas allow me to stay not necessarily, I'm not checked out of my body, like meditation sometimes can't happen naturally for me in, in those states, but I'm doing something that's like nurturing and caring and just helping me see the bigger picture so that I get out of my head. So it's mm-hmm. all about getting myself out of my head. Um, and then I just go crazy with the adrenal stuff. So my supplements, if I do not miss a day of supplements, um, lots of adaptogenic herbs, lots of herb farm stuff, and really smart workouts, which sometimes take a lot of, takes a lot of ego checking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, like, normally I don't really do, like, tarot card stuff like that. But the last time we did it, it was oddly accurate and very specific to a point where I was like, oh. Was it tarantula? Jesus. I got the tarantula. And then at the time, George <laughs> got the shark. Yes. And oh, I can't remember. Sav got some, yeah. I was it. I was another animal too, like a lion or something. I was like, finally, finally like a, not a lamb. <laughs> yeah. Wade kept getting lamb. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you guys laughing, man? That's like the. It's just fitting. It's, it's okay. But what? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> fitting, <kidding>. bro. <laughs> I'm a savage. <laughs> You're so savage. Oh. Yeah, those cards are those cards are pretty amazing. I do t- the. I'm so bummed. I was supposed to do tea time this morning and. I'm just so thrown off by my alarm. You guys, I called you guys. I was like, oh my God, we're going to be late. But we figured it out. But I'm about to do every uh, October tea time Oracle deck. So I'll send you what, what we pull for October, the, the message of October. Nice. What's an Oracle deck? So the ones you pull, the animal cards. Yeah. So tarot is like kind of true. There's some, it, tarot gets real gnarly. Like you got to be oh, in a good shit. spot with tarot. Really? Yes. Tarot is pretty magical. So tarot is the one that I found on the street. Remember, did I tell you that story? Does this sound like we're talking about drugs? <laughs> <laughs> no, tarot Give me some of that tarot, bro. Dude, you got that tarot card? No. With Sober October, with no sober tarot. Time. You if found you could... it with Bradford and your mom, right? Yes. A magician the day before the gym opened. It was crazy. Oh, that was the day before the gym yes, opened? the day before the gym opened. And which card was it? The magician. What does that mean? It means you're about to bring the metaphysical to physical. Boom. And we did. Very appropriate. strength. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Well, boys, this is such a pleasure. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you guys. Is there anything else that we want to address? I'm good. Wait. No. What advice would you give someone that struggles during Sober October? Mm. Everyone go. Well, just become best friends with Topo Chico. 
With oh, yeah. Totally yeah, that's I drink a lot of that when the last time I just like what went sober. It? It's just water. It's but it's not. Oh, sorry. Whoa, <laughs> Whoa, <man. damn. laughs> it's just water. <laughs> it's like when I said I drank milk. Man, oh, yeah. I got that same look just now. So oh, if you God. are doing the twenty one day program called Just the Facts, uh, and you're doing <laughs> which I'm so I haven't done a new challenge in so long. So this is very exciting. Um, but the biggest thing is the people around you, right? So when you are cutting all these things, whether it's sugar or alcohol, that's all your social life. Like that can be very quickly intertwined with your release time and having fun and cutting loose. So I think the biggest thing is making sure you have an alternative when you are in those situations so that you don't have to omit those situations. And Topo Chico truly does it. Like it doesn't, you don't feel quite left out when everyone's getting mezcal. It's bubbly. It's cool. It's fun. It's fun. You can have them add some bitters to it. Um, you can make little mocktails, but usually they're full of sugar. So just kind of, you know, monitor the ingredients. But that's the biggest thing is just knowing. And then I have to have a replacement. So if I'm at home, not in social, I have to create teas. Like I have to make teas. So tea time has replaced um, my like wine time or mezcal time. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. I'm ready for some What's more yours? Tea. I'm ready for What's tea your tea. advice, Gary? What's my advice? For Sober October. Yeah. Um, tap into that competitive spirit. <laughs> that's what it is for me, dude. Like, with nutrition, that's where I struggle with the most. But when it comes to, like, competing with someone, I'll do whatever. Dang. Yeah, dude, I walked back by the gym after I left your house last night. And I walk in and Gary's, like, just sweating profusely. I was like, bro, did you get another workout in? He's like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fuck, dude. Then I, I went home and meal prep for three days, including yes. breakfast. So I don't yeah. have to make it when I get up. Gary. That's the thing. That's the biggest thing I found, like, especially with breakfast, like the hardest yeah. one, because I love sleep. Yeah. I need my sleep. So just, like, boil some eggs, cook bacon in the oven, and then just go at it. Yes. Boiled eggs are, like, just magic, aren't they? Yeah, it's uh, so easy. So easy. All the stuff. You gotta bring a toothbrush, though. What's so what's you your get advice? That egg, egg breath afterwards. You just, yeah. Because you, <laughs> you cook them too long. <laughs> <laughs> what's your advice, bro? Um, my advice is, I just like I'm really good at like just staying disciplined. So if I like cut something out, like I don't even I'm like nope, no longer not an option. So I kind of just remove it from my brain as like, just. Removing that stimulus, like, dude, just decide that you're going to do something and stick to it. I know that's, like, easier said than done, but I think that because of the wrestling mentality and, like, pulling weight and things like that, but I don't, I kind of changed my mindset into, like, one, I'm not sustaining from things, I'm making myself better, and so putting more of a positive spin on it instead of, like, oh, I can't drink, or, oh, I can't do this, like, no, I'm making myself better. I'm allowing my everything to recover. I can sustain from this and noticing the positive benefits that all these things provide through meal prepping, yeah. sleeping well, spending less time on like really taking the time to notice the benefits of all those things. Yeah. That's Focus on the point. positive, yeah. yeah. It's all about the language. You're not yeah. depriving yourself, you're making yourself better. Yep. I love it. Well, everyone listening, thank you for listening. I um, am so glad we have a beautiful studio to try out in House of Pod. Thanks for hosting us. Um, come visit us at Platform Strength and then jump into 
our nutrition challenge that the gym is doing as well. And it's called uh, Just the Facts. And it starts on Monday. Yay. Okay, thanks, guys.